Welcome back to Football Down Under, the podcast. Got a third episode. We're actually making a run here, boys. I've got Yoni and Jesse with me tonight. How are you guys? Pretty good, thank you. Yeah, I'm happy. Sunday night. A bit disappointed works tomorrow, but we're here. Yes, the end of a weekend, but lots of football to talk about. Alex not joining us because he's a big famous author now. He's too good to hang out with us. Have any of you started reading the books? I haven't uh, got the book yet. <laughs> Still waiting for it to rock up in the mail. Ah, uh, fair enough. I, I, I'm a bit through it. It's pretty good. Yeah. All you Game of Thrones fans out there, give it a go. It's similar, but different. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he it's called it. a, a, new, a New War, and it's our first sponsor of the show. So, Alex, <laughs> yeah. send us some money. <laughs> Anewwar.com.au. Um, too good to hang out with us, but we'll plug your, plug your book. But uh, before we jump into the main thing, we were just getting set up and found out that Southampton have sacked their manager. Bit of breaking news. Literally breaking news. Yeah. This happened about 10 minutes ago, not even 20 minutes ago. Yeah, so. it wasn't even like, because we actually take something seriously and have a bit of a a line-up and some notes, and then all of a sudden this news drops on us, so it'd be rude not to at least mention it, I think. Yeah, I don't think it's very surprising. Um, results haven't been good, and as as you can see, a lot of the lower league te- um, teams out there are getting big managers in. You know, Emery's coming to... Villa, you got Lepetegui playing for Wolves, and then obviously with Southampton losing to a 10-man Wolves yesterday, just the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Yeah, like, you raise a good point, because, yeah, Wolves got a pretty decent manager, and, like, in the last few seasons, we've had, like, people like Ranieri going to Leicester, which was brilliant for them, and, like, Ancelotti was at Everton. Like, a lot of these bigger managers playing around with mid-table clubs. So, yeah, you've got a good point there. Yeah, yeah. Brendan Rodgers at Leicester. We had... um got Jurgen Klopp at uh, Liverpool right now, mid-table club. <laughs> Admin, <laughs> please remove. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think this was coming. And, it, in my opinion, getting rid of Ralph in the beginning of the season or middle of the season or whatever was a mistake. He's always shown that when things have gone down and they haven't been successful, he has managed to bring them back up, you know, a couple of nine, one losses and the team still recovered. Yeah. So it, it is a shame in my opinion. The only thing that's surprising for me is the fact they've done it now. Whereas like, um, if they'd done it a month or six weeks ago, whoever replaces him could like start making moves in the transfer window, but I don't know. Don't exactly know the full story, but tough times for Southampton. Well, I mean, if you have a bit of a look, I mean, transfers that have come through in January, they haven't really had any big transfers either. So the question would have been, I guess, even if they did make this change a month ago, would the manager have been backed with anything? Do they have money to back the manager currently? Are they thinking more about... Maybe if we do get relegated, we will buy more players to get back into the Premier League straight away. So, yeah. Speaking of 
transfers, money, all that stuff. The hot topic right now is Man City versus FIFA Fair Play once again. Um, it's a lot of misconception about uh, what's going on. Um, FIFA financial fair play breaches, everyone just assumes they're spending lots of money and that's the big issue, but it really runs a bit deeper than that. Uh, Jesse's run a, run a bit of a breakdown of what exactly is going on. Yeah, so, yeah, as you said, a lot of bit, bit of misconception about what's actually happening. Uh, the city's been charged with more than 100 alleged breaches of financial regulations uh, after a full-year investigation by the Premier League. Uh, this started back in... 2018 um after a german magazine uh did all those football leaks um probably a lot of people probably would have remembered that it started the whole ronaldo um america controversy stuff oh yeah um so like a lot of stuff came out of that this is one of them uh uefa launched their investigation into that as well they banned uh city for two years and fined the club 30 million which was overturned by uh kaz because they were all there was a time limit on obviously those breaches. You can't just take something for 10 years ago and find them today. Um, some of the things that the, that was leaked back then was our city had overstated sponsorship income. So yep. city was saying that they were getting lots of sponsors. Uh, instead it was actually their owner pretending that there was uh, a different company sponsoring them. Um, allegedly, I won't say it actually happened because I'm not part of the... Yeah, it's all up for discussion now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, one of their former managers, they uh, effectively doubled that manager's wage through uh, a club in the UAE. They apparently had like a contract there as well. So he was getting paid twice to manage Manchester City. Uh, and they have broken a number of rules over approaching young players, which um, not surprising. They do have a lot of good young players on their team, so... That's, yeah, not really that surprising. Uh, it amazes ago, me, like, people still breaching rules with approaching young players because I'm really sure Chelsea got in trouble for it before FFP was even a thing. Chelsea, yeah. that was one of the reasons they had their transfer ban um, a few years ago was because of the, uh, their approach on young players, I'm pretty sure. And it's one of the reasons they introduced the maximum amount of players you can lend out as well, loan out, right? Because yeah. Chelsea, it was loaning up way too many youngsters that they were Yeah, getting. just like hoarding them and sending them all to Vitesse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like when you consider like the other young players that Chelsea had, like Lukaku, Salah, uh, De Bruyne, like three of the best players in the world at the moment, like, and they were just loading them out like they were nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, two years ago, uh, the Premier League, uh, after the two years after the Premier League's investigation was launched, uh, an arbitration tribunal ordered City to provide documents to the Premier League, a part of the investigation. Um, and yeah, it's all kind of spiraled from there. Um, unlike the um, UEFA with their investigation into City, the Premier League isn't um, restricted by time. So anything that happened to 2009, which is what they're alleging has, uh, the Premier League can take action on that, which is... Wow. Uh, it's a huge, huge statement from the Premier League. Um, like even this is uh, the former chief investigator for UEFA, pretty much said that like UEFA had hard evidence, but because of all the restrictions and the amount of lawyers that City had, 
like they weren't able to do anything. Whereas what the Premier League has done is a lot more in depth and thorough than what the UEFA did. So I mean that's just saying something. Um, City's breaches occurred over a nine year period from as I said two thousand and nine to I think it was seventeen eighteen season. Um, in terms of punishments, we don't actually really know what's going to happen. It does a lot of speculation. Um, I highly doubt that they're going to strip away titles from City. Um, or if they do, I doubt that it's going to give it to the second place team. Yeah. Probably see those seasons as void because, like, City would have influenced the results of other games. So anyone could have finished first, really. Yeah. Uh, we um, had a comment from Ronan Butler in the group. Thanks to anyone who dropped a comment, by the way. Um, we like to get you guys involved. But he said it would be interesting to see what restrictions they put on the appeal process if they're guilty and get off with a fine like last time when they appealed their ban, it just makes FFP look more than a joke, which is starting to become a bit of a vibe around it with the bigger clubs being looked after. Yeah, um, and that's definitely true. I think with the with the with that situation, it was a bit harder because your wafer, like they probably should have investigated City a long time ago, but they only did it because of the leaks and they were screwed by time they couldn't just make the they couldn't investigate something if they didn't know what was happening i guess yeah i guess um, you got to build the case as well yeah exactly um the the thing with this one is the prem uh city can't appeal this decision to kaz it's done like whatever the premier league decides city will be screwed yep. um which is why they've gone about hiring one of the most like the biggest lawyers in England, someone who's represented the Queen, Saudi Arabia, the Prime Minister of the UAE, a bunch of countries, and stopped Brexit twice. Um, <laughs> they've literally hired the best. They've hired yeah. the best lawyer possible. So, like, yeah, they, uh, one would say they're not panicking. I no. hope you get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> definitely not panicking because oh, they dear. have a lawyer named Panic. Yes, yeah. but that's um, quite the resume. Yeah. It's 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 it is quite interesting because now as well though there's a bit of a precedence in regards to what's happened with Juve the first time, yep. you know, in regards to obviously them doing all the match fixing at the time. Yes, it's a different kind of situation, but Juve got relegated, so it's kind of interesting to see what will happen then. This year they got the 15 points deduction. Then you also have in England, um, you know, Derby copped a, a big hit last year or yep. last season. So there's a bit more out there now. Um, situations where this has happened and teams have copped a, a proper punishment for it. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see if now one of the big ones in England does get it. Dean Albury in the group also mentioned about how Chelsea got um, pretty harsh punishment. They didn't get docked points, but they had um, a transfer embargo. And City, on the other hand, they got off quite lightly in comparison, which is pretty much saying... Um, you can flaunt the rules, just pay the fine, and it'll all be all right. Things are a bit different now, I'd say, even though it's only been about three years or whatever the case is since Chelsea. There have been a few changes in regards to the way the FA and the EPL are run. Um, you know, things like because of Newcastle being taken over by a, a, the by a state um you know 
they're a lot stricter now in regards to how you can spend your money and where this money is coming from. So these are the kind of things that from now on are going to be looked at and to, to make it an example of what you can and can't do, I think City might end up being in a situation where if they are found guilty, which again, everything's alleged at the moment, if they are found guilty, it could actually be quite a severe punishment just based on what's happening in with the rest of the league as well. Yeah. From an was... admin perspective as well, like this is a perfect opportunity for them to deal the harshest punishment and put the foot down so it doesn't keep happening because... I don't know, if if they can't be as stern, what's going to stop people progressively getting worse with their breaches? Did you um, have anything to add there, Jesse? Uh, yes, yeah, so I was just going to say to don't expect an outcome anytime soon. Like you, You're looking at an outcome that might happen four years away. Uh, like Probably not that long, but that's what's been um, spoken about in the media in England is this is not going to be tomorrow or this season, next season. It could be up to four years from now where City might actually face that punishment. So, Yeah, sorry, Arsenal fans. Still going to have yeah. to play against City this season. <laughs> so yeah, going to have to earn those points. <laughs> City will like, definitely drag it out as much as possible. But... Yeah, definitely. So four years will probably be a bit generous the way I've been seeing it. And um, the stuff with Juve is still going on as well, isn't it? Like they haven't... Yeah, because Juve's, um, I think they're still trying to get back the title that was taken away from them and given to AC Milan. Like, so legally they're still pursuing that. So these things go on for decades if needed. But are they, aren't they potentially losing another 20 points? based yeah, on the that, stuff being investigated now. Yeah, so there's um, uh, a bit of an investigation going on um, in regards to uh, salary manoeuvres that they kind of did. Um, essentially, I think they paid players' salaries, even though they were reporting that they weren't paying the salaries. Um, and I think while they were taking money from the government, I don't actually know a whole lot about it, um, but it, it is something that's potentially going to see like Spurs as new football director get banned for five years. I guess there's all possibilities that are happening. Um, obviously, Juventus already copped a 15-point deduction, and that was for a separate incident they were being investigated for. Yeah. There's potentially another 20-point deduction coming for this incident, so Juventus is Does that put potentially get relegated. Yeah, if they got the 20-point deduction today, that's straight down to relegation zone. Um, they could probably survive it with the team that they have, but yeah, they'll be fighting for it. Yeah, they'll be rock bottom. Wow. So, <clears throat> speaking of um, retaining players and stuff, like um, it's a well-known story how they retained their players last time they got relegated. Uh, David Sabo from the group raised an interesting hypothetical is uh, people are saying that the whole city thing is that bad that they can be relegated not just from the Premier League but to non-league football. Uh, how many players and staff do you think would be loyal to the club and how quickly do you guys think the club could bounce back if that happens? 
Um, oh, you go first, Jesse. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I think the club would bounce back straight away. It depends on how far, how far they get relegated, but it's just set a championship. Well, they're going to set a record for most points ever. Um, but they'll bounce back. Um, the wages that some of their players are on, I doubt players are going to leave. I mean, I don't see how like someone like Harland would get his wages at another club and also City will still want transfer fees for all these players so yeah and then they're not going to sell them for cheap so like I, I doubt a lot of their players will leave unless there's clauses in their contract um so and, and usually a team like City probably doesn't put those clauses in their contracts the play contracts so yeah. I I doubt anyone's going to leave maybe some that are on the in the middle of doing uh, their contracts might but yeah, I reckon City bounces back straight away and goes on like nothing happened. Probably has a transfer ban for a little bit, but that's really it. Yep. Yeah, well, I agree. I also think City players in general, with the money that you would be on, you're happy to cop that one-year hit because you know you'll be coming back as well. Yeah. Um, it's it's They don't need to worry you know, about revenue. They still have even whether it has been inflated or not, they still do get quite a bit of revenue at the moment. So they should be all right to handle that hit, I think, um, in regards to paying wages and things like that. They just won't go into the market, maybe sell a couple of players, which they can do if they're going to the championship. So, Yeah, you're right where it does depend, like, if it's championship or non-league. I personally don't see it being that serious. Possibly... um championship if anything um i think um, i think some people have to remember too that um the premier league and the championship and league one and league two they're actually governed by different bodies so the premier yeah. league is governed by the clubs whereas the championship is governed by the fa and the efl league um so the punishment that applies to the city in the premier league probably won't apply to them in the championship um except for anything that's been sanctioned by fifa I doubt that City, the Pre- the Premier League just does not have the power to relegate City all the way to non-league. That had to be like an FA thing, and I don't think the FA is going to step in because it's a EPL investigation. Yeah, and as you said, it'll be a few years, so if... Uh... Hopefully they'll just make it to the Championship regardless. <laughs> uh, we can only hope. But yeah, if if they've got a bit of foresight and they're at that three-year stage and it's looking like they're going to lose their argument, they can start making preparations. Um, in terms of staff being loyal, I'm actually surprised with the whole Pep situation. I thought he would have used this as an excuse to bounce, um, given everything that's yeah. happened, um, the way he spoke. But now he now he seems like he's lost his marbles a bit, like trying to say weird stuff in the media, like. He's not responsible for Gerard sleeping over, which is funny, but it seems like he's just saying Mourinho-type quotes to detract the attention away from him and the club. Yeah. Pep has a history of this, though, I feel. There's been plenty of times in the past as well that whenever he gets frustrated with a situation, he'll have, like, a press conference where he he kind of acts erratic. So I, I love it. It's amazing to see, but, yeah. I also I feel a bit for Pep because um, like he's gonna he's like, he's the face of the club really he's the one that's gonna get asked all these questions 
he has about as much knowledge as us, I'd imagine, really. Yeah. Like, he'll have what City tells him, but I doubt that's much just to not in, incriminate him as well. Um, yep. Kind of like Ten Hag with um, Mason Greenwood, like, all these questions are going to get directed at him. And yeah, too cool. Back with Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a bit unfair on the managers. Like, yeah, it's not that's a good business. point, like... You could trounce a team like five 0 and the the first ten questions are going to be about the uh, investigation. And it's the same question over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have anything else you want to add before we uh, bounce around the leagues? No, no. I'm good. Yeah, I th- think we covered that pretty good. Uh, thank you, Jesse, for breaking that down and making it as simple as possible for us, because. Yeah, like I said, a lot of misconception and it's uh, a lot of um, people just assuming they've just spent too much money when it's a bit deeper. Yeah. All right. So um, this part of our show, we plan on running around the leagues. Um, we'll cover the big ones and then have a look at some rest of the world results, if you will, at the end. But start off with the A-League. They had full fixture this weekend Brisbane Raw lost to Central Coast um, making it hard for them to get a look in at finals Adelaide United Craig Goodwin scored a penalty to come back from 2-0 down they won 3-2 um, Western Sydney Wanderers had probably one of the best TIFOs I've ever seen in Australia I recommend giving it a look but they lost the Sydney Derby 1-0 to Sydney FC Late game last night, Melbourne City 4 to Perth Glory 2. Um, Perth were actually doing all right, I thought. Um, then they went a man down because of a red card, and City put them away. Makes them eight points clear with an extra game. Um, then today we had the Jets beating Melbourne victory 2 1, leaving victory very clear at the bottom and MacArthur balls to Wellington one. Um, so yeah, do you think this city stuff affects Melbourne city at all? And clearly by the um, results, it's not bothering them on the field. There was a, there was a Herald Sun article about um, a link to um, something one player did uh, about one chairman at Melbourne city and uh, Manchester City. Um, I think they were talking about the Aaron Moy transfer and I uh, don't know the other player's name, but uh, Manchester City signed him and then loaned him to Melbourne City. Yep. Um, so Melbourne City's kind of been implicated a little bit, but not really as much. And I don't think it's really going to affect them at all. Um, they're by far and out the best team in the league. And yeah, so I think they're just going to keep going like normal. Yep. Yeah, uh, admittedly, uh don't watch as much A-League as once upon a time, but for the sake of research, better keep on top of it. Um, it was cool seeing Adelaide United playing um, at Western United's uh, Renter Stadium and coming <laughs> back from 2-0 down. Uh, fair effort. Craig Goodwin Just seems to what, always be on the scoreboard. Yeah, Craig Woodwin's a gun. While we're talking about Adelaide, though, we, I feel like we need to mention um, Nestori Irigunda. I've probably butchered that. Um, what a gun. I believe he got an assist in the uh, the game as well to help them get back up. He's only just turned 17. 
Yep. Um, he's got 22 games, four goals and two assists for uh, Adelaide so far. That's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. Uh, missing out on Kill ever since he went to Scotland. Probably watch a bit of Adelaide United to see um, Ericunda tear it up because he's probably our next big star. Yep. Sounds fair to me. Um, I, ha- I have a question about yeah, the A-League in general. Um, so this whole, like, I, I don't know if we talked about it prior or not, but the second league that they're coming up with, or the so there might be relegation and things like that. Like, when is that planned? Like, what's the situation there? Uh, so um, I know a little bit about this. Relegation and promotion won't happen anytime soon. Um, essentially, they they've got to make this the second division financially viable. Um, so from what it looks like, it's probably going to end up being not really a national second division, more Queensland, New South Wales, uh, Victoria, Canberra, maybe and East Coast. Yeah, it's just looking a, more a, like East Coast. Yeah, it cuts down on the travel costs and all that. Um, it, uh, it's currently in like the application stage clubs have to meet certain criteria and prove that they're going to be able to support themselves in the league um you're going to look at a lot of your old heritage clubs coming back south melbourne wollongong uh preston maybe danny long uh, stuff like that sydney olympic marconi um, is the only one i know but they <laughs> um but like just thinking because all these national league Teams. like they don't have like stadiums or um well they, a lot of them do not um so the thing is i think the a-league wants uh the the fa wants to keep them at their smaller stadiums it looks better uh, if they those stadiums are packed out um rather than getting them to play like your amy park or your, your uh, stadium australia yeah. and stuff like that i guess financially it would it would be better for these teams anyway because then you're yeah. not renting a bigger like venue every time you have a home game exactly so like I from think... an atmosphere perspective it works as well like um having a small like park that's packed with maybe two thousand maybe more um it's way better than having like brisbane raw used to have a handful thousand at suncorp stadium and they'd be scattered through the place that it's like it's essentially you're playing to empty seats and then they've moved to, I think it's Redcliffe Stadium. And like when they've got more fa- like the same number of fans there, it just looks like more of an attendance. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Like, even when I went to the Western Sydney game a month ago, or whatever the case is, even though they had, I believe, about 17,000 fans or whatever, but it's Parramatta Stadium, which what holds 40,000. So it's yeah. just under the half the amount. And you, it because of that, it just doesn't look nice. You yeah. Know, like, even though, like, if you take that 17,000, you're putting them in a venue half that size, it'll be super, you know, the atmosphere would be amazing. Yeah. But like, if I can relate that over here, like that 17,000, if Adelaide United play at Cooper's, that's um, more than sold out. But I know with big games, like, um, for a while, it was the... Melbourne Victory Derby, and then there was the A League final. They moved that to um, 
Adelaide Oval, which is like 45,000. So 17,000 in that 45,000 looks half empty. Yeah. It's like when um, Western United, they, I don't remember uh, when it was, but they only had 900 fans rock up to Amy Park. It was like Amy Park, it's 30,000 people. Mm, yeah. They didn't even crack a thousand. Like, it, it's, it, the A-League and, and the second division needs to kind of copy MLS, which is having more smaller boutique stadiums. Um, yeah. Like, it, it looks better on TV. You'll get better TV deals. Uh, at least in my opinion, um, and all that. Um, yeah, I think the FFA, I, I have a feeling they kind of want this to compete with A-League and potentially overtake it, um, especially since they don't to get any money from the A-League since uh, it's independent now. Yeah. Um, and uh, the FA wants it all to be professional as well, so they want their players paid a professional wage. So... It's going to be a bit of a tricky situation because it's now going to be there's what 12 teams in the A League I think. There's now going to be a further 16, potentially 16 teams trying to get professional players for their team. Um, yeah. Like one might be a bit rough to begin with, but you know if everyone supports it when it starts, I mean. But no, that, good. that's a good question, Yanni, because um, the headlines would have given people the impression that it's going to be a second division straight away, but. As Jesse explained, it's a little more complex than that, and it's going to take some time. Cool. Yeah, something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, EPL boys, midweek. Uh, oh. Bit of a stutter for Man United to all draw against Leeds, but Rashford scoring again. He literally is unstoppable at the moment. Um, over the weekend... Um, yeah. Can I, can I, can I touch on that? Yeah, I, I, I was so annoyed at that game because I understand Ten and I support Ten Hag endlessly, but you could tell halfway through the game that we just could, Garnacho just shouldn't have kept on playing. Like, nothing against him as a kid. Like, you know, you can't put that pressure on him every game. Fair enough. But at half, the changes that he made, which ended up with United equal, um, scoring Rashford's goal and then equalizing came at like the 58th minute or something yeah they actually should have come at the half like at half time like if if they happen at half time we probably don't concede that second goal a, a lot of things do change i, I just think he made that a bit late because by the 30th minute you knew that this just wasn't working out so that was a bit frustrating but aside from that i can't fault a 2-2 like you know come from behind draw like yeah. every team's going to have draws at home every team's going to have draws away etc like 2-2 against Leeds it's a derby like yeah it's always a bit of a superstition like um it's always bad to play a team after they've sacked their manager and they yeah. all of a sudden become a bounce a bogey side for everyone it's interesting because they actually didn't even have a manager so it's not like they had a manager bounce that they were manager less yeah so now to the weekend uh we can talk about all the controversy, no doubt, in a minute. But West Ham um, may be a bit lucky to have a one-all draw with Chelsea. Arsenal dropping points again, one-all against Brentford. Palace and Brighton, one-all. Fulham, 2-0 against Nottingham Forest. Leicester gave Spurs a bit of a touch-up with a 4-1. Wolves, 
2-1 against bottom of the league, Southampton. And Bournemouth picking up a draw against Newcastle. So, a uh, bit of controversy on the weekend there, boys. Oh, mate. Let me tell you. English referees are a joke. They are an actual joke. How you can not give that penalty to Chelsea when Suchek handballed it in the 83rd minute or whatever the case is, pathetic. And I, I believe, Jesse, you mentioned that they just didn't see it. It's a good was save, that... though. Uh, honestly, oh. I, I don't. I think it wasn't me that mentioned it. Um, I think I made a joke about it not being offside, but oh. I, have, I have no oh, idea. Oh, that's the other game, in. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what you guys are talking about, to be honest. Oh, um, oh. so Conor Gallagher cut him to his left or something. Well, pretty much set himself up for a shot. He's had a shot, and Suchek's gone to ground, and it's hit his trailing hand, which is off to the side. It full looks like now, a goalkeeper save where he's like tipped it away, and VAR didn't even fire fire up the computer or nothing. The the law says that technically, if you're sliding and your hands down, that that's not a pen, but that's not even what happened here. So you can actually see Suchek, you know, he's trying to block his hands down and you can see that as the ball's getting like past him, he's moving his arm a little bit like he, he towards moves it away the ball. from his body. Yeah. And towards the ball, like it, it, it was the most blatant handball and, and VAR was like, no, it's, we're good. Thanks. The, the commentators Thanks. were fired up like. You don't Every... usually hear them so yeah. so livid over a referee's decision. Yeah. And somehow, that's not even the worst decision of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> In a, a title race that's hitting up massively, Arsenal cops a, an offside goal against them in yeah. late in the game. What What's the go there? Um, they went to VAR and the referee so VAR, upstairs yeah. didn't use the lines. So what happened was, from my understanding, because so, I was watching the Premier League today, what was happening is Dermot, old mate, was saying that the first pass wasn't offside because he didn't play. Fair enough, he didn't touch the ball, didn't do anything, wasn't offside. Then they looked at a foul that they thought might have potentially happened in the play, which was not a foul, and that's when they stopped looking. And they didn't check that header that so went they didn't out wide. follow on after they cleared Decision. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, which is the one that was clearly offside, like a good you know half a meter offside. Didn't check it. And wow. Yeah, goal, goal stood. Like you said, in a title race, man. Like imagine now Arsenal loses twice to Man City. That currently they're six points ahead. That is the six points gone, and these are two crucial points they could have had. It's it's no different to when um was it. Rodri handballed it against Everton, and it wasn't a penalty last season. Yeah, yeah. You, you well, you'd... That's no different to Rashford scoring to set to, to but, win the game. The, Rashford being in the way so Bruno could score. But that one's, while I agree, but that <laughs> one's more open to interpretation. These two are clear. Like, offside is clear. It's not like, oh, it looks to be offside. He is offside, you know? So either either way, with every situation we've mentioned, VAR is being employed to make sure those mistakes don't happen and still we're getting it wrong. 
What's frustrating me is that, number one, we don't hear from the referees afterwards about why they made certain decisions. We don't hear an apology, really, or anything like There's no accountability. But number two, it doesn't even look like they're learning. You know, every, we, we get told that every week they have the little meetings, that they're, they're you know, or they look at what happened and they discuss it. And yet these things keep on happening. So you can't say that they're learning. Yeah. That's just English rest for you, mate. There's a reason why nobody ever wants them to manage the UCL games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's it is a joke, and I really like, you know, I don't care for Arsenal, but I really <laughs> felt for them when I saw that. Mind you, Brentford should have scored a goal in the first half. They should have stood, in my opinion. There was no foul, but you know, ref called foul, whatever. But Arsenal was one nil up with like 15 minutes left and copped that. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is where I appreciate in American sports where, if there's a video review, you can hear what's um the outcome is yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff um, hopefully they introduce it one day but the issue is in, in their faith like they're trying to really protect them um yeah. and yeah I, th- it, I think they are um I, i'm pretty sure i remember i, I made a post in the group but i think they're trialing at the women's world cup not, they're not trialing um the discussion like us hearing the discussion what they're no, trialing but... is telling the, the the stadium what is being looked at so instead of just saying um, you know, fire inspection or whatever, you'll have the referee saying like, uh, we're looking at a puzzle offside. Did we have a post-match interview recently with a referee or umpire, I, whatever? I, I can't remember if it was football or a different sport. It, it was definitely not. I don't think it was in soccer or football. Oh. Um, it's the dream. I it's, just remember I, I, they I explained their decision. And it's like, you know what? If people fucked up, um, well, we see it as a fuck up. And they explained what they went through and why they made their decision. I think they've cop a little less heat. But I agree. If they actually explain to me, oh, I didn't think this was a handball because of this, this, and this, whether I agree or not, doesn't matter. At least I know that it was looked at, number one, and the referee came with the decision. Yep. You know, that, like, I just want accountability. Yeah. Not much to ask for, but we'll see what happens. On a brighter so, note... Oh, you got something. I'm sorry, just going back to the that decision. Ed, so it's going to be that the VA, the referee, will announce the the decision they made after a VAR decision has been made. They announce what happened and to clarify the decision. That, yeah. that's what's okay. being trialed at the moment. Ah, uh, that's the dream. Well, we'll see it That'll in Australia, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were the pioneers for VAR, so we'll we'll see yeah. what happens. But yes, I was going to say on a brighter note, um, our boy. Big Harry starred in a 4-1 win against Spurs. The new Harry Maguire, isn't he? Except uh, he's good. Yeah. Sure. People thought that at Har- about Harry when he was at Leicester. Hey, yeah, hey if you're gonna if you're gonna knock Harry Sattar, you can leave by now. <laughs> <laughs> no, please remember. We're not congratulations. <laughs> no, no, congratulations to Leicester though. A huge yeah, win. Definitely yeah, a huge win. And they dominated. Like they, they really dominated the game. Um, Madison scoring and assisting, which is, you know, his last season probably at Leicester, so good on him. Harry Sattar assisting, being the best Harry on the pitch. But Whose goal did he assist, actually? Um, uh, yeah, Nachos? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I should have known. You, could, you couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, that was a good goal, actually, for me and Asher. That, that first goal, the bullet, ah, what was the kid's name? Ah, Mendel, Mendel, ah. Mendy? Yeah, Mendy. Did you yeah. see that goal? It was a 
bullet. He's a gun. He's also yeah. 30 years old, not quite a kid. But <laughs> is, is he really 30? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Still plenty of time to be a rookie, but the best part of that is Spurs losing. Oh, it's amazing. I felt for Conte because he was back, right? He, he was, he yeah, was his there. first game back. Maybe yeah. um, therein lies the issue. But you know, well, it's interesting because you know he he had um, Petro Poro playing, and he had a shocker. Yeah, after they've uh, chased him for so long. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good game. Love to see game. Harry Kane underperforming. So. Yeah. Down to the country that looks like a boot in Syria. Middle of the week, uh, we had Verona and Lazio um, 1-0. Uh, Lazio dropping crucial points in their chase for top six. Monza... Just, uh, oh, go for it. Where, where's um, Rustic? Uh, he plays for Verona, but I haven't seen him play for a while. Don't know. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that he... Yeah, yeah he went from um, Frankfurt to Verona. He was uh, playing regularly before World Cup, though, wasn't he? Yeah, maybe he's injured again. It sounds about right for him. Anyway, maybe. sorry. <laughs> no, I just remember right. looking that up before. Yeah. Uh, Monza, Sampdoria, also 2-0 draw. Sampdoria needed that point. They, I think they're bottom at the moment until Juve cop another deduction. Um, <laughs> they're not too bothered, though. 3-0 uh, win. Ignoring all that stuff off the field. Over the weekend, we had Milan with a 1-0 win. Empoli and Spezia, uh, 2-0. Lecce and Roma, 1-0. Dybala popped up. Cancel out uh, Roma's early OG. And They love Dybala, hey, in Roma. They actually yeah. love Dybala. He's had a he's great season, too. Yeah, it's he's having, I think, for him. seven or eight goals or something along those lines and, like, four assists, I believe, this season. Something something like that. I'm very surprised he didn't get much usage out of... Um, like the last couple by, of years in Juve? No, by Argentina at the World Cup. Yeah. I know he was struggling it, to be fit because he carried a bit of an injury into it, but... He, but when, he you, was, when you've but... got Martinez and Alvarez, I mean... <laughs> the, I the issue is really, though, Dybala also plays the messy position more than anything. And, yeah. you know, right side mid, right attacking kind of thing. And obviously Messi was always going to play that. And as Jesse was saying, like... Like Martinez, aside from that World Cup, where she actually got injured in the first or the second game, and people forget that and they think he just played terribly, but he was injured. Aside from that, he's been like super for three years now. At, you know, this year again, he's like this season, he's smashing it. So yeah, every transfer period, it seems like he's linked to like a massive move as well. And like, and, and must he, be doing something. He's right. a gr yeah, he's a great player. It's like yeah, he honestly reminds me of Tevez in like that he's just like. Ruth, relentless. Not Ruth. Yeah, relentless. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Tevez um, and his bulldog-like approach, as they said yeah. on FIFA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I guess it's an Argentinian thing, but like, really, Martinez reminds me of that. So, yeah. And then wrapping up um, the overnight games, we had Atalanta winning two 0 against Lazio, which. Atalanta are third, and I think comfortably, yeah. which is pretty good i um don't watch a lot of syria anymore so whenever i think I... this is like the third season in a row that they're really strong right because they had ama diallo and i remember that 
start the season. Like, he didn't play much, but I remember that was the season where... They Is were that who Papu Gomez played for, for as well? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not anymore, but he did. No. So, um, and then... Um, I'm what did I say? The, between 5th and 3rd, so Milan, Roma, and Atlantis, they're all in the same And um, Lookman plays for them now, and he's okay. third highest scorer in... Um, Syria actually so it's it's pretty funny uh, he, you know he was written out like in um in England when he was at Leicester and Fulham and all that but he's out even of... when he was at Leipzig he wasn't that good and really I he... thought he had a good season and that's why Everton brought him back it was that's what was a right season I wouldn't say it was good I don't think he played much. That's like the the good season at Leipzig. At Leipzig. He, but when he did play, he did all right. But I don't think he played much. Yeah. Um, Is he? Uh, yeah, he's actually twenty five already. That's pretty far. Yeah. Yeah, it's been Getting around on. for a while. Yeah. Um, anything else you, want, you guys want to touch on for Syria, or shall we move over to Spain? Let's go to Spain. Yep. So. Midweek, Rayo Vallecano 2-0 gets Almeria. Uh, over the weekend, we've had Cadiz 2-0 against Girona. Uh, Real Betis 3-2 against Almeria. Is that right? Or if I double counted a team. Um, Sevilla 2-0 versus Mallorca. Athletic Bilbao win 2-1 against Valencia. Yeah. Valencia and, uh, are in relegation zone, which was a big surprise for me. They're yeah. in the mud, mate. That club's getting relegated, and their owner deserves to. Oh, I can't say it, but they've, they've <laughs> swapped managers quite a few times over the last twelve months, right? Like because they just got rid. Oh, they long... they had like th- four managers in a season recently, didn't they? That's right, because they got rid of Gattuso. They had a really good manager a couple um, years back, uh, Marcelino or whatever his name was, yeah. and he won the um, he won the Copa del Rey, and then he got sacked because they didn't want to win that. They wanted to qualify. They wanted to finish higher up in the league. You win a trophy and you get sacked. So that's that's Valencia for you. Don't even get me started. <laughs> so How's I hate, um, hate the owners. <laughs> do, do you know? Um... I, I, I know Cavani's gone there, he's done alright, the, generally speaking, what, I, I know it's probably slowed down now, but generally speaking, they were happy with him pre-World Cup, but I'm actually curious about how Clivert's doing, because I've always loved his dad, like, as a player in the 90s, and I'm just thinking, because I know Clivert plays for them at the moment, do, do you know much whether... Yeah, I don't know how he's going, but he's the name I always looked out for, because I thought he was going to, when he signed for Roma, I was like, man, this kid's going like, to light it up. Yeah, wasn't the case. I had high hopes for him. And I really, when I was younger, I loved watching Patrick Clive play. So I was really kind of hoping to see the theme from his son. Yep. He's got five goals and two assists um, in 900 minutes. I mean, that's, all that's right, not too bad. That's a, a goal a game. That's a goal a game. Oh, sorry, a goal every second game and a, and a couple of assists on top. So that's actually, yeah, you I can't think... really complain. I don't know if he still counts as a young kid. That's the only thing, but... 23. Yeah. That's pretty young. I think he's still got a few problems. Um, mm. I, I have a feeling. I, um, or maybe he got injured and or something. I don't know, but he's got issues. Speaking yeah. of uh, young kids and also the Syria, so <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that Ronaldinho's kid is. Uh, oh, La Liga, you mean? Sorry. 
Pardon? You said La Liga, Syria. sorry. Yeah. La Liga, yeah, La Liga. Apologies. Ronaldinho's kids signed for Barca as well. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Oh, imagine having to live up to that. Yeah, but he's like apparently no good, hey. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. But someone posted his um stats and he's not fantastic. Oof. I think one thing, by the way, you forgot to mention when you were going through results is... I know they haven't played on the weekend yet, but throughout the week, Real Madrid actually lost the game too. So now they're uh, eight points behind Barcelona. Yes, uh, the only note I had for Madrid was that they didn't play this weekend because they were playing at World Club Cup. And yeah, 5-3. Vinny and Valverde won. scored two each. But I'm, I'm more happy impressed to see with... him do something again, I must say. I feel like he's disappeared since like, the World Cup started. Like In Uruguay, nothing happened with Valverde. And then after the World Cup, I feel like he's been almost a passenger in a way. Like No one spoke about him or anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, actually, um, a story came out today. Um, it, he's had some personal issues. Apparently, uh, his wife was told that um, her baby, that's still in her room, uh, was not fit for life. Oh. Uh, but uh, the good news is today that they've, they've now the doctors have um, changed their stance on it, and it looks like uh, when she gives birth, it'll be a happy. Oh, amazing news. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that's kind of why he's not been at his best the last couple of months. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. imagine playing during that. But... Yeah. Uh, speaking of players, though, sorry. Uh, Tony Cruz has now won his sixth Club World Cup, which makes him the uh, player with the most uh, Club World Cup trophies. And... Crazy. But did they did they win? Was that the yeah, final? 5-3. Yeah. I'm oh, more amazed okay. that Al Halal scored three goals. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a lineups. Like, I don't think Fred was like they played Kamavinga. Kamavinga. Yeah, as a as a left back. Did um, they? <laughs> yeah. Like Valverde was a right winger. I'm pretty sure he's just a midfielder. Uh, <laughs> I think he can play on the right though. He's got a bit of pace on him. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. So I I don't follow Madrid much. But I mean, I'm having a look. I mean, they did have Chouameni, Modric. Vinicius, Benzema. But I guess if you look at the... Diff- I mean, Rudiger and Alaba were the centre-backs. So, aside from Kamavinga, I feel like... They, like, Kamavinga, I mean, as a left-back. <coughs> aside from that, it's a pretty strong team. Yeah. Well, they also played their backup goalkeeper too. Um, the Ukrainian team. Lunin, yeah. So to uh, Jesse's neck of the woods, <laughs> the uh, Bundesliga... Uh, Schalke, yes. Wolfsburg, Nello, uh, Borussia Dortmund, 2-0 win over Werder Bremen. Uh, that keeps them in third, I think. Uh, yes. Freiburg, 2-1 over Stuttgart. Um, they've got an Italian player lighting it up at the moment. We can talk about him soon. Uh, Mainz, 3-1 against Augsburg. Uh, big shock with Bayern winning 3-0 against Bochum. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen 3-1 against Hoffenheim. And Union Berlin with a massive 2-1 win over Leipzig. Union Berlin is probably the club that's not getting the attention that they deserve. Um, considering they're 
probably one of the poorest clubs in Germany. Um, second on the table, they've got a the second the equal with uh, Dortmund for form at the moment. Um, they've won the most games in this league beside, uh, alongside Dortmund, sitting one point behind Bayern. Like I, the the results like they grind out their wins, um, but you know they're doing well for it. Uh, as, I, as I said, beating uh, Leipzig over the weekend, that's crazy for them. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Have they have they been in um, Bundesliga for long? Uh, it's their fourth season. Yeah, because yeah. I always remember that name from like, um, yeah, the div- second div. So. Yeah, so because they've, they've, they're they're a very community um, based club, like their their um stadium was all the renos and all that was done by like the the, the people in the city, um like their fans, like the club couldn't afford to fix up the stadium, but the fans chipped in and did it all. That's like, wicked. Yeah. Oh, that's hectic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to touch on the Dortmund game for a sec, like Werder Bremen against yeah, Dortmund. It. I don't know if any of you have watched it, but. Oh my god, the Verden Bremen keeper had like a worldie. Like Dortmund could have won that game five, six, seven nil. And really? he had at a minimum he had like three proper world class saves. One of them from um from Jude Bellingham. And I just don't know how you save it. Like Jude came in so there was a crossing like from outside the box. Jude was running in, kind of like in front of the keeper like side foot volley it to the left of the keeper maybe three meters away from him and he just like reaction save kind of like jump and got it and i'm like mate good effort like that should have been way Uh, way 17 shots nine on target yeah yeah and there were man man earned his paycheck yeah and then uh freiburg um griffo's scored like 11 goals this season Sure, Jesse knows more about him than me, but I think that's a big reason why they're performing so well. Yeah, I mean, he's the third top scorer in the women's league, which is, I mean, if you look at the two players in front of him, uh, one's the starting striker for Germany and the other's uh, the new Chelsea signing, Christopher Kanku. I mean, that's a pretty impressive result. Um, He'll be loving life, especially since he's playing for Freiburg, which aren't you know, your typical... Another uh, not-a-big-market club? Yeah, they've been a, they've been performing really well um, the last couple of seasons. I think their manager, um, Christian Streich, doesn't get enough attention. He's definitely a top-class manager. Um, he's been at Freiburg since he was since 2011. He's taken them to where they are now. So, it's, uh, yeah, they're, they're doing really well. Um, I think, what, they're fourth? Yep. Just in front of Leipzig, they're... they're doing pretty well to stay there um i'm sure they'll be hoping to see a, a ucl spot although i think it would be pretty hard but yeah. oh very good uh any other news that you can think of maybe jesse that this is your bread and butter um just want to say Schalke's probably going to get relegated i don't yeah. see them save themselves yeah um <coughs> excuse me i'm I'm pretty sure every team. Uh, I don't think they they haven't won an a an away game for like two years of <laughs> Bundesliga football wow. playing. 
Like, obviously, when they're in Since the second Since last time league, they were in the Bundesliga. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. they're in the second Bundesliga, they're winning fine. But um, in the Bundesliga, they haven't won a uh, away game for, like, two seasons. So wow. they're, really, they're really struggling. Um, they're going down. Hertha Berlin's probably going to go down as well, um, which is kind of sad because the Berlin Derby is a pretty good game. East versus West, but... Third spot uh, goes to a playoff, doesn't it? Yeah, and Stuttgart like should that. probably win that. I like that concept. Yeah. yeah. Me, me too. Um, I think Stuttgart will win that comfortably. The second Bundesliga, it's Heidenheim, which is not a really a strong team, so I doubt they're going to beat Stuttgart. Yep. Um, other results around the place that I thought worth mentioning, aside from... Uh, Madrid winning 5-3 in the World Club Cup. Monaco uh, 1-3-1 against PSG. Oh, that's... let's touch this before you go anywhere else. Yeah, oh go my for God. It. But that's cutting PSG's lead down to five points. Yeah, because that was actually, you know, Monaco's coming third. They lost to Marseille like three days ago as well, PSG. Yeah. Um, so that's losing to second and third. And, um, if you watch this game as well, Donnarumma kept PSG in the game as well. It was insane. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Anything that I said prior about the Vernon Brennan um, keeper, yep. Donnarumma was even more impressive in this game, which is just insane when you think of the fact that they lost 3-1 as well and deserved, like, deservedly lost it, yeah. Um, he, if like, even if let's say you look at foot mob and you look like at his rating, he's got like a seven rating despite conceding three goals. And I think it was they conceded. Let me see nine shots on target as well. So, yeah. and yeah. um, it's an interesting game because PSG played a bunch of youngsters. I mean, they started the sixteen-year-old and a seventeen-year-old, and then subbed on a seventeen-year-old and eighteen-year-old. Old and a twenty-year-old. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, they, they they do have quite a few injuries at the moment, don't they? Yeah, he's like Messi, Messi, Verratti. I'm pretty sure there was a reports of um, food poisoning or something uh, prior to the game as well. Yeah, <laughs> dodgy lasagna. Hey? Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it sticks around until Wednesday because <laughs> I don't fancy Bayern's chances against them in the Champions. Oh, I don't League. know. It looks like at the moment PSG just can't beat the. I mean, as I said, they lost to the second and third side in, in, in the league so maybe they're struggling against better teams at the moment but they're putting to bed the lower level teams yeah, yeah. It, it's actually quite interesting because if you look at the um league one or uber or whatever you want to call them if you look at the top scorers right top 10 it's like there's three psg players None of them are the highest scorers. So there's Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, 10, 12, 13. Then you have the Arsenal kid who plays for Rams, um, Balogun, Balogun, yep. whatever. Yeah, he's he's coming. F- he's first. He's actually coming first on 14, equal with Ben Yedda, who scored yeah, against PSG. It. Yeah, he's scored against PSG. And then you've got Lacazette, Mbolo, Jonathan David. Like, they're all within that four t- between that 10 to 14. So it's so close which normally it wouldn't be because you'd have the PSG players at the top, but it's just insane. That's yeah. what I mentioned with the League One. Um, 
four teams are getting relegated this year and only two teams are getting Yeah, relegated. that's right. Because they're so lowering. Going, yeah, to 18 teams, yeah. Um, I think the goal is... It wasn't the goal 16 and then this is the first one and then they do it again or something? I don't know. Uh, but... And I'm pretty sure it's 18 because I think they um I think most of, uh, kind of a couple of the European leagues are trying to be a so bit more... A few combined. of them are doing it. Yeah, with Germany. Uh, yeah, Germany fair. leads the way, as always. Um, <laughs> but I just thought it was worth mentioning that 14th and um, 18th are only separated by uh, two points. So, yeah. so uh, with two, four teams getting relegated, that's two spots separating four, uh, four, two, four, five teams, six teams. Um, elsewhere, I, the only results that really jumped out at me were Burnley winning once again, 3-0 against Preston. They're seven points clear of the championship. And then right behind them is Sheffield. They, well, Sheffield United, sorry. They won 3-0. They're second, but they are also 10 clear of the playoff spots. So, they yeah, look, so it's a guarantee pretty set. much for those yeah. two. Take um, um, some more dodgy lasagnas to slow them down. Yeah, also, I also think it's worth mentioning uh, Middlesbrough. Uh, Riley McGree plays there. Uh, that's a Socceroo. Good overnight as well. Yep. They're. I, I know they've got a gate. Uh, the uh, Luton Town's got a game in hand, but uh, Middlesbrough is on fifty-one points. Uh, so it's quite likely they'll they'll definitely be in the playoff spot. Um, so hopefully. I think yeah, the team that have... comes third, generally speaking, don't make it through. I swear yeah. to God, it's, it's always like the fourth, the fifth, fifth or sixth, because they um they they get on a run and they go from like mid table to like the playoff positions and then they're on good form, and they kind of like bring. That you mentioned, yeah, because Huddersfield finished third last year and now they're about to get relegated. So, yeah, and the same thing happened with Derby, Derby not long ago as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, Notts had like Notts count. Um. Sorry, like Notts Forest had the same situation prior to last season when they were in the playoffs the season before, didn't make it. Last season, they weren't doing that amazing and then they went on a run and I think ended up qualifying, obviously. But, yeah. Um, no Norwich. What was that? Norwich. Like they can make it. Norwich, no. yeah. I mean, obviously, it's still got plenty of games to go, but they're 10th on the table. Oh, really? Um, could, could does, see the return. Is Pookie uh, still there? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask. <laughs> Probably. Let's see. Let's have a look at the latest lineup. Oh, um, David. David Wagner is the coach. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They still have um, uh, Pookie. Yeah. Wow. He wasn't he old when he was in the Premier League. He's thirty-two now. But again, okay. I think that's just his level. Um, because he's scoring goals and he's assisting <laughs> in the championship and he's doing well. So. Yeah. What's uh, but Sunderland, um, back from the dead. They're seventh in the in the league. Yeah, their Netflix show is oh, gonna the... suck now. Yeah, no. <laughs> no one wants to see them be successful. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of they shows, always, they always beat Fulham too. By the way, sorry, uh, two three in the uh, FA Cup. Speaking of shows, one I think there's a game that you missed out that's also worth mentioning is uh, Wrexham three one. So oh, don't get started on this debate again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to say so. They're currently second, two games behind Notts County, um, three points behind as well. So as long as they win one of those games, um, the goal difference is better. They'll be coming first. I think having a look at the form and everything, 
even if they went to playoffs, I can't imagine Wrexham not making it through because they're miles ahead of any of the other teams, aside from Knots. Yeah, so. but at the same time, it was the same vibe last season. They But that was the first season as well. You're still establishing yourself. I, f- I feel like this season, like, they're, they're almost unstoppable. Yeah. Almost. Um, it would be, be a cool and, story. The good thing for them as well. Outside the Premier League, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Hurry up. But um, the, the good news for them was that um, Mullen actually played as well because you know it looked like he was injured in the FA Cup tie, but he did actually play. So. Big Paul Mullen. Um, and th- new thing we're adding for our little lineup uh, this week's positive and negatives. Asking you all to bring one positive and one negative from the week. Uh, for myself, I've picked out for my positive um, the GOAT CR7 scoring four goals. He's uh, back, and I'm, I've kept names for everyone who's been writing him off. I'll be writing his old letters. Yeah, and I know. It must be so tough scoring four goals in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I know. Against a team that was 13th on the table. <laughs> I but, but, yeah, but how many goals did Messi score this weekend, hey? He didn't play. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but 31 hat tricks post 30. Can't, you can't sneeze at that. Yeah. I am going to love like this stat padding era for Cristiano. I hope he <laughs> scores like 50 goals. Like It's going to be wicked. And my negative is the VAR room in the EPL. I don't think it can get much worse than that. Um, as Yoni mentioned earlier, title race on the line and they can't be making such critical mistakes. Um, did you guys have any positive and negatives for the week? Great question. Um, I just think in general, it's good to see Dortmund actually going on a run and doing well. They started the season pretty poorly, so I, I, I like seeing them do well. The fans are you know, obviously very active when they do play. I like the way they play as well. Um, you know, obviously very similar to Liverpool, but I Good. hate Liverpool. So. <laughs> they're so in, they're in being Liverpool that, better than Liverpool. Yeah, at the moment. I mean, it's not hard to do. Um, they're actually on eight games winning streak in all competitions, including a couple of friendlies, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and a negative. I, yeah, I don't think I can get away from the whole far situation. It, it, yeah, I think that's a clear winner. <laughs> yeah, terrible. What about uh, yourself, Jesse? Um, just a bit biased. Uh, Thomas Muller becoming the yes capped outfield player in the four hundred and sixteen or something, right? Four hundred and twenty-eight. So he's just twenty-eight. Yeah, Gerd Muller, who had he was on four twenty-seven. Um, yeah, and he so, scored. Yeah, he's a he's a bloody legend for Bayern. So. Yeah. I, I actually I love Muller. I yeah. honestly he's um I love his attitude. He just works hard. He yeah. like he'll he'll always work hard for your team and you know and even you know all these young kids come into Bayern and this and that and he's still there. He's guiding them. He's he plays. Either. Love him. Yeah, he's um so he'll he'll definitely suppress um Oliver Kahn um and cement himself as the second most capped Bayern player, but uh. 473 caps to get up to Sepp Mayer, who's our most caps. I doubt that's going to happen, but we'll never know. Uh, my negative for the week, um, 
not VAR. I don't care about <laughs> Premier League VAR. We all know English refs suck. That's nothing new. Um, negative of the week is the relaunch of the Super League. Um, oh, how that's com- that as well. I completely forgot about that. So you mentioned it. I guess because yeah. it's like, oh, it's never happening. But yeah, what a shitty yeah. idea. Yeah, so yeah. they've done that again. So that's, that's probably a bit of a negative of the week. Um, but it'll never happen because the English teams now can't join, like legally, they yeah, can't Engli- join. English it. English clubs won't join, and the German clubs can't join with that massive fan backlash and voting. Yeah. So, but a uh, Super League with France, Spain, and Italy is just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Maybe it'd be good for them. Ah, uh, uh, I don't know. The, 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 the way the leagues. The way they're bringing it up, though, like you know, it's like sixty or eighty teams with relegation and this and that. It's yeah. the, and you know they're trying to replace the Champions League, but I just don't see it happening with this idea. If you can't get English teams and German teams, yeah. it, it's like all. Where's the money going to come from? Like, exactly. you'll see the top two teams in France, the top two teams in Spain, and the top let's say four teams in italy and that's all people really want to see yep um no yeah champions champions league is back this week by the way just oh yep uh huge games let's say a good segue into the weekly predictor um yes we need to acknowledge that yoni is the only one with the correct result so far um after not just well, a, not week even one. just a win, but the actual result. Oh, did it. you actually pick the result? Is that what you mean? Two 0 Yeah. Oh. Very good. Uh, so yeah. Uh... No extra points for that. So <laughs> <laughs> it should be three points for the correct result. Yep. One point for. So uh, Alex is going to stay on zero because he didn't join us tonight. But this week, uh, we're going to make a call on AC Milan versus Spurs. On Ooh. Valentine's Day, I think. Is that in? It'll be Champions. in Turin. Yep. Uh, no, Milan. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know why I said Turin, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> cool. It's his home stadium. Yeah. I will go. Fuck. They're both pretty shit at the moment. I'm going to go Spurs because I think Conte will be able to beat Milan. Conte, yeah. Yeah, but he can't beat Leicester. Yeah, but Leicester, uh, Milan doesn't have Tatar, so but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'm going to go looking. Milan just because of that comment. I th- all right, I'm going 3-1 to Spurs. Oof. I'll, I'll write down your result prediction just because I know you love the bragging rights. Oh, I want to. I want to go three 0 to Spurs then. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Ibrahimovic, score a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky penalty at the end. All right, I'm gonna go Milan two 0 then. We could and uh, Alex, uh, if you wanna throw Even in. If a, you look at throw look in at injuries result. like Tomori's out, Lorenzi's out. Be interesting, it will be, but uh, with that, that's another episode in the back, boys. Cool, yes, Th- thank you for three uh, weeks, running it. three weeks in a row. Um, 
It's a record for We'll keep this show running. Um, anything you guys want to sign off with? Just want to thank uh, the traditional group of admins. <laughs> Followed, yep. uh Brandon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Acknowledge the boys. I hate y'all. Um, <laughs> nah, just cheers to the fans all. Yeah. Uh, thanks to and, um, the guys who join in. Yeah, who joined in. Who, yeah, they comment in the group. Um, not just the poster we put up asking for replies for the main topic, just anything at all. Um, we read through them. Um, we take it on board, and it might get featured in the pod, as you would have heard tonight. Um, a few of you have asked for Jesse to be banned. However, he's admin, so we can't yeah. do it. So. Yeah, it's we've we've discussed it. Um, who, who are these people? <laughs> Us. <Bob. laughs> uh, we are looking at opening up a Discord for the group as well, which I'll hopefully make a start on this week, so we can have chats. We can just have another place to talk shit. We can work out watch parties. Um, I think Yoni's got some experience with hosting those. And then we'll be able to have people like come onto the pod for a chat as well in future episodes. So more engagement on the horizon. But aside from that, I'm all done for the week. And I'll see you guys next week. See ya. Adios.